Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of the Yard. Man, what a weekend it was. Pretty good sports weekend for the Bulldogs. Could have been an amazing weekend. We just came up short on a couple of uh, fields and courts of play. Uh, before we break down the win over Southern Miss, let's uh, tip our cap. We'll start with uh, James Armstrong's uh, Lady Bulldogs soccer team. Uh, come up short at Stanford, the chance to advance to the Elite Eight, which would have brought a NCAA tournament game back to Starkville. Probably would have set uh, all sorts of records. Uh, we come up short, and uh, great effort by the ladies. Had a chance to watch that game, and um, just really, really proud of that entire program. Uh, Stanford has won 34 consecutive games. They didn't lose a game this year. I believe the record's 18-0-4. I believe that's correct. Uh, but uh, we didn't get outclassed. That's the thing that I would take away from all of this. You know, there have been some times in the past where some Mississippi State teams would kind of advance to some historic levels, and we'd get beaten soundly, right? That wasn't the case. We had didn't get enough shots on goal, obviously, but uh, tip of the cap to Stanford. But, uh, man, what a great, great, great season for the Mississippi State soccer team. So congratulations to all involved. Appreciate everybody that turned out to support uh, those ladies and their endeavors. And, you know, we feel like the best is to come with James Armstrong. And Mississippi State has been a program for many years, just kind of an also-ran in the Southeastern Conference. But over the course of the last few years, under Coach Armstrong's leadership, Mississippi State has become a team that is expected to compete for an NCAA tournament berth. And as we've shown the last two years, we can win some games in tournament two. So congratulations. I know it didn't end the way we wanted, but congratulations to the team. Also, Mississippi State on the basketball court yesterday with a couple of uh, good wins that I think are going to look even better once we get into uh, March. You know, we start thinking about the net and things like that. A couple of really big wins. Uh, on the Mississippi State men's side, what can you say about Josh Hubbard, man? My goodness gracious. State wins 66-57 to over Northwestern. We trailed by as many as a dozen in the first half, and it just seemed like every so often Hubbard would hit a shot to kind of keep us in it. And it's amazing what happened once Mississippi State stopped turning the basketball over. I think we had 11 turnovers uh, in the first half and uh, very few in the second half. But uh, Josh Hubbard, the story, uh, really kind of putting the SEC on notice. And that was the thing. You remember last year with Mississippi State men's basketball, as good as things went, we just had no outside shooting presence. Now we do. Now we do. And it's not just Hubbard. Of course, Trey Fort's had some big games for us too. But that's what happens. You know, things begin to get uh, a little bit uh, more cohesive when you can work the inside-out game. And I can only begin to imagine how good this team can be once Tolu Smith is healthy and rejoins the team. I really believe the most difficult part of our non-conference schedule is behind us. Yeah. You know, let that sink in for a second. And again, already you've already got you know some wins over some Power Five opponents, and yes, they're middle of pack in their league. But any time that we can go out there on a neutral floor and beat a Power Five opponent, beat a contemporary, that's a big deal. It is. And give Northwestern some credit; they gave us some trouble early on, and some of that was us. I mean, let's just be honest. But uh, they made some big shots. They were getting open looks, and Chris Jans, as always makes the adjustments needed defensively to keep State in the game until the offense picked it up. So, big win for the Bulldogs. I know it's not a ranked opponent, but uh, listen, Mississippi State, listen, 
we deserve to be ranked. And I think by the time we get to conference play, we will be. A lot of games to go between now and then. But a really, really big win. Really, really big win uh, for the Bulldogs. And uh, excited for everybody involved. Uh, we will see Coach Jans tomorrow. We've had him on Mondays. Well, we didn't have him last Monday because of all of the uh, you know, announcements regarding uh, Zach Arnett, the change of leadership with our football program. But we will get him tomorrow. Uh, the Monday before we did have him. So uh, eager to see what he has to say. And listen, a couple things that I want to say about this men's basketball team, okay? Now, we have some people that have been true maroon throughout what we've gone through for the last decade or so. You know, through the Rick Ray years, obviously through some up and down with Ben Howland. Of course, we did have the one tournament appearance. Um, but there are some people that, you know, they're like, hey, this is my team, it's my sport, and uh, we commend you for that. Uh, but those folks need some help now, okay? And listen, I get it. You, know, you, talk, you interact with some of those people on social media. You know, like, where were you before? It doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter. We're winning. So I'm going to ask you to come out to Humphrey Coliseum and uh, support this team. I'm not going to be the guy that shames people for not coming to midweek games. I get it. But any chance you get, I think you got a chance to see something pretty special this year with this team. Uh, give Chris Jans and that group a lot of credit for constructing a roster. I think it's going to really, really be good once we get into SEC play. I think we're good now. By the time we get, you know, Tolu back, and again, the timeline hadn't changed, and, and there's a couple times, you know, Chris has kind of talked about that, but we're just kind of waiting to see how Tolu responds to treatment. But uh, getting him back healthy is the main thing. And I think, with, you know, with Jimmy Bell playing as well as he has, you know, I think that gives you a little bit of time to be patient. But when we get into the throes of SEC play, we're going to need Tolu Smith, potential All-American candidate Tolu Smith. Uh, on the women's side, the ladies, listen, big play late. State win- it's like as soon as the men's basketball game ended, we transitioned right over to women's basketball. Right, It's like amazing how that happened. Uh, Robbie Falk kept everybody updated on the message board. Uh, for those of you that didn't watch, but Mississippi State with a putback late with nine seconds to go on the road at Belmont. And that's a team that we expect to be in the NCAA tournament. So you go on the road and play a G5, what's considered a G5 team, a mid-major. You know, we're so sweet about those things these days. But then a lot of people are saying, I can't believe we struggled at Belmont. This team is expected to contend for their league. And you go into their neck of the woods, a team that uh, lost to Missouri but beat Georgia. So they had some SEC experience. And give them some credit for beefing up our non-conference schedule. But your Bulldogs remain undefeated. And, again, we dial up a three-point shot late. We miss it and get a putback and, uh, and take the lead and win the game. Uh, defensive stand there at the end. But uh, So, yeah. And then the uh, Mississippi State volleyball team beat Ole Miss earlier this year. We, uh, we did drop the match yesterday. So very busy weekend. Very, very busy weekend uh, when it comes to Mississippi State sports. And that's kind of how it is this time of year. It'll be this way, really, uh, until we get into the spring. You know, we're going to have men's and women's basketball all the time. A lot of other things going on. Then the next thing you know, we're in baseball and spring practice. So a lot for you to cheer about. But uh, congratulations to everybody that competed on behalf of our beloved university over the weekend. We appreciate uh, your many, many, many uh, sacrifices for the maroon and white. Uh, also, point out to you, too, before we get into this breakdown, uh, I have a new book out today. It'll be out today. Being uh, delivered to the warehouse around noon today. 
And there'll be books on the shelves in Starkville today, and then it will kind of trickle out to uh, other bookstores around the state. If it doesn't make it to your neighborhood bookstore, you can order today. It's no longer a pre-order. You can order it, and they'll uh, ship it out uh, in a day or two at whenthebottomfalls.com. Uh, really excited about this book. I didn't write this one looking to break the bank. You know, I'm not trying to make a killing. I'm just trying to make a living. Uh, but I wrote this book to help other people. So if you're a person, maybe you just want to read it because I wrote it. There are some people that tell me that, uh, and that's really sweet. But there are other people out there that are, that are really struggling with addiction and struggling with recovery issues and struggling with alcoholism. Uh, I don't know if they're readers or not, but perhaps you buy it and maybe it help, will help you understand them a little bit. And then in turn, maybe love them in a different way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes that's a bit, for me, I'm not going to spend my time on this. When I was out there in the throes of all this, I thought nobody understood me. I knew some people cared about me, but I didn't know that anybody really loved me the way that I thought I needed to be loved. And, and that is something that had to be handled too. You know, I had to learn how to receive love. But um, a new book out today. So if you, if you want to complete your Steve Robertson collection, or at least get up to date on that, you can do that with winthebottomfalls.com. All of my sports books are, are listed there too. That's Alpha Dog, Stark Villains, Flim Flam, and Dogpile. And with Christmas coming up, everybody needs to have that dog pile. And what's so interesting, too, I have people that walk up to me and say, hey, I bought your book. And I'm like, which one? Oh, I bought uh, Stark Villains. I said, well, if you like Stark Villains and you love Alpha Dogs, written in the same format, a lot of Bulldog greats, uh, we'll list those at some point. But, uh, but anyway, book release day today here on November 20th of When the Bottom Falls. And in many respects, it's a memoir. So, uh, again, if you're looking for immediate purchase this afternoon you'll be able to go to book martin cafe downtown and then campus book Mart. i'm sure we'll have it uh, this afternoon or tomorrow uh, so be sure and go check those uh those bookstores out and again you can order today and not have to wait very long when the bottom let's thank our friends at bulldog burger company i love bulldog burger company and i've loved them for a long time i have and uh, they receive my love and they reciprocate love bulldog burger company and one of the things that I love about life is uh, when you know when you wake up and think, you know what, it kind of feels like a Bulldog Burger Company day. And so I go over there and I eat. And more times than not, I know what I want to order before I even get there. And sometimes I'll, I'll kind of change it up. But I have my own favorites. You need to find your own favorites. Those great restaurant quality hamburgers. Uh, the quality and service you've grown to expect. They set the standard for that. You go put your feet under their table. It's going to be a great experience. Uh, the portions are outstanding. The prices are great. The atmosphere is great. Three great locations to serve you, too. University Drive here in Star Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive in the Ridge and Flowood area. Have the spring rolls as your appetizer. They'll make you better looking. And I don't know how you can go to Bulldog Burger Company and not really do the whole three courses. You get the appetizer, you get your entree, and you get a dessert. And maybe get that dessert to go. You know, maybe you're a little bit too stuffed right now because the portions are so generous and substantial. Maybe get that bread pudding to bring home or get that chocolate shake. Love that. I think we should make that a real thing. Dessert to go. Just kind of make that part of your uh, your restaurant dining experience. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. Hey, it feels so good to win. And maybe it's just me, but that's how I feel. And I expected this to be a closer game than it proved to be in the final score. That said, the final score is not indicative of how close this game was. We really allowed them to kind of hang around a little bit. Uh, Mississippi State, a much different team with Will Rogers and Woody Marks on the field. I'm not going to have one of these I told you so type moments. 
but I'm going to give you the, the pause button here, right? When you have, like, the, there's some people that said that, that Will Rogers was out for the year. There are people that said that Chris Parson, out for the year. People that said Woody Marks, out for the year. And none of that proved to be correct. Now, I'm not saying that to call anybody out. I'm just telling you, when it comes to this injury situation, you just never know how guys are going to respond to treatment. You, just, you don't. And so it's important when you get those initial reports, especially if it's just you know, it's, it's just some random guy, right, to take it with some level of skepticism. Not that we have the corner of the market on all the knowledge, I can tell you that. I mean, I deal with it every single day. It's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. You know, what is it I don't know? Am I not talking to the right people? Especially during this coaching search stuff. I mean, you, you can't talk to enough people. Uh, but I say that, that there are a lot of times when things are going poorly, there are a lot of people that just kind of want some internet cred, and they throw it out there. And you know what happens? You know, if it's not right, they can just, you know, create another Twitter account, or they can create another message board account, or another Facebook account, you know. And so there's no accountability there. So I don't mean that as a call-out. I'm just kind of telling you, when those things happen, and it doesn't come from a reputable media entity, you need to approach it with a, you know, a dose of skepticism. Again, not to say that other people don't know things at the media, that, that happens all the time. Uh, but I can tell you this injury with Will Rogers was a little more serious than I think some people uh, led us to believe. I thought it was an AC joint separation. That wasn't the case at all. I would rather have been that. We're not going to get into details. It's not our business. But I commend Will Rogers for working back from that and coming back and giving Mississippi State a chance to salvage something of the year. Woody Marks as well. Absolutely. Not to be uh, in any way underappreciated. Woody Marks, who is, uh, seems like he's played hurt all year. Really has. All right, Southern Miss wins to toss and defers. And I was kind of happy about this, to be honest with you. Even though I knew Will was going to be a little bit rusty, I said, you know what, let's get on offense here and we'll see. You know, uh, they, uh, they do the sky kick thing because obviously Will Hall has seen Mississippi State play football before. And they have a kicker that can't get it to the end zone, as noted on the Boneyard last week on the Friday preview of their Miss game. So it's like, you know what, I'd rather kick this thing to the 35 or just kick it out of bounds than give those guys a chance to make a game-changing play. So they hit the sky kick, and uh, Harmon muffs it, and then Deontay Anderson covers it. So State sets up shop first and 10 at the 35. We give it to Woody off right side for one, go back to Woody for two, Brings up a third and seven. You think, well, here we go. Here we go. Well, we find Tulu. Will Rogers with a nice pass to Tulu. Tulu uh, making a little run after the catch there to get us 11 to move the chains. First and 10 now out near midfield. We're incomplete to Harmon, and this is one of those plays, too, just us not being on the same page. You look up. We're trying to throw the bubble, and all three players are blocking. Nobody's looking for the football. So Will throws it because it's a timing route, and nobody's looking for the football, so it's incomplete. And, again, that's going to happen a little herky-jerky at times kind of inserting your quarterback back. And we did have some issues early on, but I thought we got things going a little bit later. All right, second 10, back to Woody for four up the middle. We end up having to take a timeout on third and six. And at the time I'm thinking, man, I hate burning a timeout here, but it's pretty apparent we didn't get the look we liked. Uh, on a play, even though it's the first drive, you know, a team that's really struggled to score offensively in Mississippi State, it's like, you know what, hey, let's think about this and be sure about it. Uh, we end up running Pittman off the left side for four. And probably, I think, here on third and medium, we're thinking, you know what, it's probably at the at the the expanses, you know, the limits of Kyle Ferry's field goal, even if we get close here. So let's maybe call this four-down territory. So we run Jeff 
for four yards to make it a more manageable fourth and two. We go back to Jeff and give Jalil Clemens from Starkville High School some credit. He plugged a gap there and stood us up for no gain. Gave them some juice. It really did. So we turn it over on downs. Southern Miss goes right to work. And if memory serves me correct, and we'll verify this, I think you got to go all the way back to the Western Michigan game. I think that's the first drive, the, first, the last game that we had that we didn't surrender a touchdown on the first drive, or at least points. That's correct, yeah. Because remember, Arkansas got the field goal after the pick. Auburn, of course, went down their first two drives and scored. Kentucky scored on their first drive, as did A&M. So Southern Miss, the first opponent since Western Michigan, uh, I just talked myself in a circle there. Southern Miss, the fifth consecutive opponent since the Western Michigan game to score on their first possession. We really need that to change this week. And so Southern Miss goes to work here. And uh, give them some credit here. Ethan Crawford starts. I'll be honest with you, I didn't think they would play this kid. I did. And uh, I was wrong. You know, and I, I really thought, again, I'm not going to judge Will Hall. He knows how to run his team. Uh, but uh, maybe they felt like, you know what, hey, this could be kind of a, you know, a program-defining win for us. Go beat Mississippi State. It helps on the recruiting trail. But they were all hands on deck. Ethan Crawford starts. The very first play, they handed it to Frank Gore, who gets four yards. And I thought we did a pretty good job against Gore, but that guy's really good. All right, second and six, Crawford dials up a shot to Jacarius Caston, who was probably the best player on the field for Southern Miss on both sides of the football. 44 yards, Bryce Pollock is beat on the play but makes the tackle. Now it's first and goal at our nine-yard line. They had us schemed up here with this uh, halfback pass thing. It just didn't work out. Uh, trying to flare it out there to the fullback, Cole Cavello, and it falls incomplete. It looked like a drop to me. Drops were a huge problem for Mississippi State. Second nine, uh, they give it to Casson on a jet sweep. He gets one yard. It's third and eight, thinking, okay, let's get out of here. And then uh, Crawford complete to Frank Gore for the touchdown. And uh, they scheme us up big time here. They, they show heavy right, and they flare Gore left. And whoever was supposed to get out there, whether it be a safety or a backer, in containment, we were late and tardy getting out there. And, you know, when you give Gore a head start, you're not going to catch him. So touchdown for Southern Miss. Extra points, good, and there's already some audible groans at Davis Wade Stadium. Those continued after uh, our next possession, and we get the ball at our 32. Kickoff was, uh, again, kind of a sky kick. John Lewis with the fair catch there. So we're getting decent field position to start these drives. We're just not taking advantage. All right, first and 10, Rodgers incomplete to Rylan Goaty. A, a little bit of a low throw. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, and it feels like I'm piling on. I don't mean to be Goaty or – uh, Goatee has not had a, a catch in his college career. All right, second and 10, we go back to Tulu trying to involve him in the running game. And uh, former Ole Miss Rebel Jay Stanley with the tackle here for no gain. On third and 10, Rodgers gets flushed, takes off and goes and gets six. Stanley credited with the tackle there too. So fourth and four, and Keelan Crimmins with a 39-yard punt. Is fielded by Toquelin Mims and without good coverage here by Isaac Smith and DeCarlos Nicholson. I had somebody ask me, but Isaac Smith, they thought he would play a bigger role. I did too, especially with our needs at safety. Thought he might even start this year. But uh, big tackle here on special teams for a loss of two yards. Southern Miss sets up shop first and 10, 21. And we're thinking right here, every one of us is like, you know what, we can't give up points here. We can't start chasing the game against a team like this and give them hope. Ethan Crawford runs right for six. On second and four, they give it to Rodriguez Clark, another Starkville High School guy. Makes it a manageable third and one. They like to take a shot here. 
up to Jacarius Clayton, and, and there's really nothing there. John Lewis in his uh, face. And on fourth and one, it looks like that they're con- contemplating going, which made no sense to me. They end up getting false start. And uh, punt Bryce Lofton with a 37-yarder. Xavion Thomas fair catches it. And then they flag him for the motion, so we tack that on uh, to make it first and 10 from um, – from the 43, from our 43. So, again, you know, we're playing field position game a little bit, and it's beginning to work in our favor. We just got to be able to cash in. All right, first and 10 now, Xavion Thomas on the inside give gets four yards, makes it second and six. We go back to Woody for five, and then they flag us for holding Nick Jones. Now, so that's a drive killer. I mean, it absolutely is. Second and six, excuse me, second and 16. Uh, we get it to Tulu for just a yard. And then on third and 15, Will dials up a really good pass. And uh, was going to be a difficult catch, but one that Xavion Thomas will tell you he should have. It went off his hands and incomplete. Would have been a big play. Would have pushed us across midfield, moved the chains. We don't get it done. And, again, you expect a little herky-jerky early with just kind of getting Will back into the flow. Uh, but this one wasn't on Will by any stretch. But Keelan Crimmins comes up with a big punt here, 48 yards. It's fair caught at the 14 by Mims. All right, now first and 10 from there, 14. Southern Miss goes back to work. Uh, Frank Gore up the middle for five, makes it a very manageable second and five. Gore back in the middle for one. And on third and four, big, big play here, Jaden Crumbity and Buki Watson. They say it's no gain. I think the spot was favorable. Really good job here by our defense, uh, kind of slowing things down. Now fourth and four, Bryce Lofton punts it up, short punt into the sun. As Xavion settles under it, uh, they run into him, which gives us a 15-yard penalty for catch interference, moves the ball from our 48 to their 37. And, again, we're playing field position here and gaining ground with every change of possession, and here we are. Finally get some points. Uh, we go to Woody on the right side for three. Then we're incomplete to Tulu. Makes it third and seven. Woody runs for four to make it a fourth and three from the 30. And Kyle Ferry, 48 yards uh, for the points. Makes it a 7-3 ball game. And then Marlon Hawk uh, kicks off. We get a touchback here. So that's 7-3 game. So we got something. But, man, it just felt like we needed some more juice. We felt like we'd left some opportunities on the field. First and 10 from the 25. Crawford is sacked. And uh, DeMonte Russell just kind of took over and exerted himself. Good to see DeMonte healthy and making plays here. Makes it second and 18. Talk about being off schedule. Um, you know, so that's interesting to say the least. Uh, second and 18, Frank Gore runs to the middle for none. And then third and 18, they get it out to Kenyon Clay, who runs for two yards. And that's what happens. You get a young quarterback and down in distance and behind the chains, and the play calling becomes much more conservative. 34-yard punt to the state, 47. But here we are, first and 10 now from our 47. And, uh, again, a chance for us to take the lead. We, we, don't, we don't finish this possession before the quarter expires here. But we go to Marks up the middle for a two-yard loss. And, again, Jaleel Clements uh, stepping up, making plays for Southern Miss. Of course, you had the big uh, dust-up between him and Cameron Jones. That's two Starville high, Starville high School alums and teammates. Our second and 12, we get it out to Xavion for 19 yards. Dylan Lawrence from a Bulldog won the tackle there, makes a first down. Now, first and 10, they're 36. We go back to Woody for one. And then Seth Davis comes in, shows some really nice burst off the left side there. Uh, gets 12 yards and moves the chains. First and 10 now at the Southern Miss 23. And we're incomplete uh, – no, excuse me. We're complete to Tulu for 12, which makes it first and 10 at the 11. That runs out the quarter. 
Former Bulldog commitment and Ole Miss Rebel MJ Daniels on the tackle there. Uh, he tweeted out after the ball game that uh, really wanted that game against Mississippi State. All right, start of the second quarter. It's first and ten now at the USM eleven. You feel like, hey, we just you know we just can't turn football over here. We're going to get points. Uh, Davis runs off right side for one. We go back to Xavion for two. Brings up a third and seven, and we run that little rub concept right. Uh, Tulu gets it, gets a nice block on the outside from Xavion to free him, and Tulu fast enough to get inside the pylon for the touchdown. Extra points, good. State's got a 10-7 lead. We would never surrender that lead, but uh, we did play around with it just a little bit. Big, big play here for your Bulldog defense to allow us to get a little separation here. First and 10 through 25 after the touchback. And then Buki comes free. Frontside pressure is your friend. It is. Everybody, everybody loves the blindside sack. I love the frontside stuff because of the fact that even if even if you don't get there, you often influence the throw. Well, this time we get there. As Buki Watson just comes clean. Uh, somebody there, I think it may have been Gore, that just simply missed on their assignment there. And they hit Ethan Crawford, and uh, the, the hand came through empty. I know some Southern Miss fans were saying it should have been an incomplete pass. It, it wasn't. And uh, they reviewed it. The call stands. Mississippi State football at the 14. And again, again, a chance for us to really maybe get some separation here, make this a two-score game, and then give everybody at Davis Wade a chance to kind of breathe a little bit. But first and 10 there at 14. And uh, Rodgers is flushed and has to run outside. Dylan Lawrence escorts him out. No, no yards on the play. Second and 10 would complete Antonio Harmon for three. And on third and seven, we got a chance here, and it's incomplete to, to Tulu. And we end up having to kick a 29-yard field goal. This was, again, a missed opportunity. You don't get to set up shop at the 14-yard line and not come away with points. But uh, we should have been able to put this ball in the end zone. I thought it, we were really, really discombobulated down, down in the red zone here. And then uh, some craziness ensued. I'm just a big play for us here. But um, the kickoff is muffed by Antavius Willis. And the outback has to grab it. And so we've got him corralled there at the 12-yard line. And again, Isaac Smith down there making the tackle. Avery Sledge also a part of it. So field position favoring the Bulldogs at this point. First and 10 now for USM at their 12. They go to Rodriguez-Clark off the right side for five. Uh, Billy Wiles in the game now in place of Ethan Crawford. Of course, they had been able to get some pressure on Crawford. So you know, maybe a quarterback change was in order. Uh, Wiles is complete to Latrell Jones for 10. And on first and 10, Clark back up the middle for one. Wiles and runs off right side for three, make it third and six. And uh, ball incomplete. DeMonte Russell in his face forces the low throw. But Bryce Lofton, big punt for him, 47 yards uh, to the MSU 22 and uh, down by the Southern Miss coverage team there. All right, State sets up shop at our 22 with 10.08 to go in the first half. Rodgers incomplete to Woody Marks here. This is one a little bit high, but off the hands. And, again, that's what happens when he hadn't had game reps in a while. And both of these guys just a little bit off, not being critical. That's just kind of the reality of competition. Uh, second 10, we hand it to Woody. He gets six, which makes a manageable third and four. And uh, we try to get out there to Freddie Roberson, and then Freddie slips coming out of his break and still nearly makes the catch. Uh, but uh, just one of those things, man, we had the right concept, had the right coverage, and just one of those bad things. Freddie just gets a little bit tangled up and just can't get out there. Good effort to try to make the catch, but it didn't work out for us. And Keelan Cremens with a 37-yarder, no return or no yards on the return. Southern Miston sets up at their 35-yard line. 
Uh, Billy Wallace off the right side for three. And then Frank Gore, one of his biggest plays of the day, gets loose for 22 yards. Uh, 22 yards to the 40. First and 10 now, and you feel like Southern Miss may have a chance to go in here and score. Incomplete to Jacarius Claston. Decam on the play there. I know some Southern Miss people wanted interference, but uh, if anything, it should have been OPI. Because earlier on, on that play, Caston uh, is trying to armbar Decam to get separation to make the play. So there should have been any call. It should have been OPI. There was no call, which I support. Second and 10. Gore off left side for six. They ran him sometimes in that wildcat concept too. Third and four, uh, Gore gets nothing and has to like it. Fourth and four now, they go for it, and Decam makes the play here. And uh, we're going to need Decam to make a lot of plays this weekend. Uh, so another turnover on downs for Southern Miss. Now first and ten now from our 34-yard line. Woody, nice gain here off the left side for 13 yards. We go right back to him to the right side. Uh they jam it up there, and it's a two-yard loss. And we went tempo here, too, and it just kind of – everything seemed a little bit odd here. Second and 12, Seth Davis runs off the right side for two. And on third and 10, uh, we throw it out to Justin Robinson. I believe this was one of the drops. I believe this is one of the drops. And there were, there were more than a few. And uh, that's very frustrating. But, again, you know, as much as we've run the football the last few weeks, there just hadn't been a lot of opportunities for guys to make plays in the passing game. We're going to need them to step up this week. Uh, Keelan Kremens, 41-yard punt, returned for four yards to the Southern Miss 16. So, again, you know, it's a one-score game, but State is really kind of winning the battle of field position here. At least, and even in drives that we don't finish, we're able to get ourselves in a position to punt and kind of flip the field. All right, first and 10 uh, from their 16. Billy Wiles incomplete to Mims. You know, second and 10, Frank Gore runs off right side for three. On third and seven, incomplete to Mims. Fourth and seven, really nice punt here from Bryce Lofton. 51-yard to the MSU 30, and Xavion returns it for 30. However, however, much of that is negated by a penalty, and it comes back. So State sets up shop at our own 35-yard line. We're just under four minutes to play in the first half. Needed to get any kind of points here to feel good about life. We give it to Pippen off the right side for three. Go back to Pippen for, one, for a gain of four up the middle, and then Southern Mess calls timeout here. We thought that was good for us, give us a chance to kind of settle a little bit. Third and three, I'm sure they're thinking we're going to get a stop here. We'll get a chance for a return and maybe get some points before the half. We bring in Mike Wright, and I thought Mike didn't play a whole lot. I thought this was a very inspired run. It's like Mike was not going to be denied. He initially was stopped short of the line in the game, kept his shoulder down and his legs moving, powers across by the most narrowest of margins to move the chains, makes it first and ten. Uh, Will back in the ball game. We give it to Jeff off the right side. He gets a couple. Second and eight. Complete to Freddie Roberson. Really nice play there, too. Uh, first and ten now at the Southern Miss 43. Ball batted down uh, by Quentin Bivens of Wayne County. You know, second and ten, we run Davis off the right side for three. Go back to Davis for ten. And how good has this kid been for us? And now first and ten at the Southern Miss 30-yard line. We call timeout, 31 seconds to go. Look, okay, let's go get a, a chance here. Of course, that comes after a, a four-yard gain when the clock's still moving. Um, but now second and six after the timeout, we take a shot down the field, and this is when things got a little bit crazy. Uh, really nice play, kind of reminiscent of the big touchdown catch that Freddie Roberson had against Western Michigan, really the, the same play, and Freddie nearly comes up with it. MJ Daniels breaks it up. And this is when the Jaleel Clemens and Cam Jones thing happened. 
cost us 15 yards. Now, I'm not going to sit here and judge anybody in a spirit of competition. This should have been offsetting penalties, period. I've never seen a situation, and not in any way disrespectful to Jaleel Clements. Okay, get that. Cam Jones pancakes him. I don't know if it happened before or after the whistle. I hadn't gone back and watched the game yet. And uh, Clements took offense, gets up. They go at it. There's some pushing, some shoving. Uh, he attempts to uh, trip. Cam picks his leg up. And the Southern Miss coaching staff had to go on the field to get him, I'm assuming, to prevent him from being ejected. And he didn't even get flagged for a penalty. I've never seen that before. I can understand when there's two guys going at it, you offset them. But they always say, well, somebody started it. Yeah, but two guys broke the rules. And so, it, ultimately, it didn't, it didn't cost us a lot here. But I think it, probably, it may have cost us the opportunity for, uh, to push the ball down the field and maybe compete for a touchdown. It's second and six. They're 26. Now it's third and 21. And a nice play again here to Freddie Roberson that nearly gets a first down. I mean, he comes up a couple of yards short, but it gets us back in the field goal position. Uh, we, we call a timeout with three seconds, and then Ferry bangs it through to make it a two-possession game at 16-7. to seven, And that runs out the clock. So your Bulldogs lead 16-7 to seven, uh, at the break. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. 
If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, let's get into the third quarter here. Southern Miss, of course, deferred the elect to receive in the second half, as you'd expect. Uh, there is a touchback. However, Jaden Wiley was flagged for being offsides, which allows them to set start up at their 30. First and 10 now. Uh, they give it to Frank Gore for a run off the right side for a one-yard gain. Second and nine here. Gore runs for nine. However, it's coming back. Holding call. And, again, you get them off schedule here, and this is, again, a young quarterback. Ethan Crawford's back in the game. Makes it second and 19. They don't try to be quite as conservative this time, and it cost them. Big time. Because uh, Jed Johnson gets through there with the sack. Big sack for, uh, for Big 44. Ten-yard loss on the play. Now it's third and 29. All you can do now here is run the dive and, and punt. And that's basically what they do. Gore gets six yards up the middle. And then Bryce Lofton with a 46-yard punt. Makes it first and 10. Bulldogs at 37. Needed to get points here, get some separation. We do. Uh, and really thought this might be the opportunity for us to just kind of cruise a little bit, right? Uh, but we go to Woody off left side for four. Makes it second and six from our 41. Will gets it out to Xavion Thomas, who gets loose down the Southern Miss sideline. And on his way down, fumbles the football, gets it back. And uh, so it's not first and 10 at their 24. Will drops back the pass and takes off, gets nine yards. Jay Stanley, former Ole Miss safety, uh, on the credit with the tackle there. Makes it second one. Marks off right side for nothing. And on third and one, we decided to go back to Woody, and um, oh, we swing it out to Woody. Again, I, I lose my concept sometimes where we are in the game. Uh, but, yeah, this is, again, a great block here by a Bulldog wide receiver. If memory serves me correct, it was Avion Thomas. Yeah, we run the concept and flare Woody out there left and uh, swing it out there to him. We knew he had the first down. It was just a matter of would he have enough room between the block and the sidelines. Turns out that he does. Woody back in the end zone. Always good to see number seven in the end zone. Extra points, good. 23-7 now. It's a 16-point game. Now you're feeling pretty good about life, right? You're thinking, okay, this thing's going to be okay. This is all going to be okay. Uh, Ethan Crawford's incomplete to Latrell Drones makes it second. Jo- Jones, excuse me, second 10 now. Rodriguez-Clark off the right side for five, makes it a third and five. Ethan Crawford gets loose here, right? And... Uh, they initially ruled that he got the first down. I thought in live action it was pretty apparent that he didn't get the marker. Not to mention you got a guy standing right there, right? They said he gets the first down. They review it. Good job by the replay official here. The call is overturned. Said he was short of the line of the game. Fourth and one, they go for it. And Gore, a very impassioned run here, uh, moves the chains. So first and ten now at the Southern Miss 37-yard line. Uh, they go back to Gore for one, run him off the right side on second nine for just five. And on third and four, uh, Crawford gets loose. We had him hemmed up here and give him some credit for having some escapability. He gets loose and winds and winds and winds and runs all over the place, uh, but ultimately gets the five yards needed for the first down. Uh, first and ten, Frank Gore up the middle for five. They bring Billy Wiles back in the ballgame here. He gets it out to Mims for 22 yards. However, Southern Miss is flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct because they tried to run the hideout play, and I don't know why anybody thought this would be acceptable. I don't know why anybody thought, hey, we can pull this off. 
So basically what has to happen, when a receiver comes on the field, he has to report to the huddle or at least come inside the numbers. And Mims didn't do that. And so because what happens is you match up out of the huddle, right? And so they just kind of put him out there. I remember when the Saints tried to do this years ago. And that's a penalty. You can't do that. You can't put a receiver in a hot-out position. He has to report to the huddle or at least inside the numbers to get the signal. Those are the rules of football. I don't make them. I'm just here to talk about them. So the penalty comes back. Um, so now it's second and 20. And Rodriguez Clark off the left side for three. And then Ethan Crawford runs right for 12. And, uh, again, good effort by the kid here. Uh, freshman from Tuscaloosa. Brings up a fourth and six. And then Lofton punts 48 yards. A touchback on the punt. We don't see that as much as we're used to. Uh, it helps when you can punt it more than 35 yards. But uh, anyway, Mississippi State Drive takes over our 20. We uh, run too little on a jet sweep again for six. Go back to Pittman for five. Moves the chains, makes it first and 10 at our 31. Rodgers is incomplete to Xavier Thomas. And uh, they had initially ruled it was a catch. I think it was pretty obvious for anybody that saw it that he didn't catch it. And so they go back and interview it and say, no, he didn't. And, uh, again, the review didn't go our way, but it was the right call. Uh, second and ten now, Pittman off the left side for three. And on third and seven, we get it out to Jeffrey Pittman. And uh, really nice play here by Hayes Puckett. They kind of blow this thing up. Uh, Keelan Cremens with a 44-yard punt. Uh, it's returned 16 yards to the Southern Miss 38-yard line. And against 16-point game here, you think, you know what? We're headed for getting ready to head to the fourth, up two scores. We're in good shape. That's how it felt. First and 10 now for Southern Miss. Gore off the left side for a four-yard loss. Jet Johnson knifing in there, making a big play. Second and 14. Wiles is complete to Gore for five. Makes it a third and nine. And then Wiles gets loose on a quarterback scramble. Uh, State got penetration there, and uh, Wiles kind of realized the middle of the field was vacated. We hadn't done that as much anymore this year uh, since early part of the early stages of the season. Uh, But he gets loose there. First and 10 now to run out the third quarter. Gore off right side for a one-yard gain. And that's your third quarter. Felt like everything was great. Everything is good. Everything is love. Southern Miss drive continues. Second and nine. Frank Gore up the middle for a one-yard gain. Buki and Jet combine on the tackle there. Third and eight. Gore off the right side for three. Makes it fourth and five. And they decide to dial up a shot here. And why would you not? You're down two scores late. And they basically throw it up for Caston. He makes a good catch here, and uh, we miss two tackles. That can't happen. Absolutely can't happen. That's two times on the day that Caston beat us over the top. And then this time we blow the tackle. Two of them. Caston strolls into the end zone. They like to go for two. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure I understand, you know, I don't I – don't, think you start chasing points I understand the whole concept of hey it makes it a one score game like if you make go for two uh, it makes it an eight point game so I'm sure that's the math in their heads but I think you know this early in in the quarter I don't know that I would do that but again there's a reason I'm not a college football coach and it's got nothing to do with my hair so the uh, two point try is no good and uh, really didn't give them a chance on it. They're rolling right here and throw the ball out of bounds. But um, you got nothing to lose there. Uh, so it's a 52-yard uh, kickoff, and Jeffrey Pittman returns at 10 yards to the MSU 23. All right, first and 10 from our 23. Davis off the right side 
uh, you know, for three. And then second and seven, Davis off the left side for 12. Nice burst for him. And then what do we do? We get called for holding, and it was such a late, late, late flag. And it was really away from the play. that they, They've tagged Cole Smith with it. I haven't gone back and reviewed that. Seems like an unnecessary penalty and probably an unnecessary flag, but it is what it is. However, it's down the field, so it's not necessarily a drive killer. Makes it second and 11. And then we take a shot to Justin Robinson. MJ Daniels breaks it up. Third and 11 here. We get it to Zavion, who just basically wills himself across the line to gain, to move the chains. Now, first and 10 from our 34. We go back to Thomas on the jet sweep for eight. Second and two, Seth Davis runs off the right side for four to move the chains, make it first and 10 from our 46. And Mike Wright's in the game, and for, for a second, I thought he might get loose here. Uh, Mike on the zone read keeper off the left side gets 21 yards. Nice little change of pace there. And again, we're trying, to, we're trying to close it out here, right? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to close out the game here, uh, remove all doubt. Didn't work out quite as well as we hoped. Uh, first and 10. Again, we take a shot. Justin Robinson incomplete. Second and 10. Davis off the right side for two. And then they, they flag them again for unsportsmanlike conduct uh, after the play. Uh, makes it first and 10 at the Southern Miss 16. You got to get a touchdown here. Second and eight. Pittman, excuse me, first and 10. Davis off the left side for two. Go back to Pittman uh, up the middle for two. Makes it third and six. It's like we we're trying to impose our will on them. Uh, running between the tackles. Found some success running against the edges, but not really between the tackles. I know we're trying to soften them up a little bit, but it's fourth quarter. Third and six, incomplete to Ryland Godet, Josh Carr, and Rogers' face. Fourth and six, fair with another field goal. Uh, out from 30 to push State back ahead, 26 to 13. We kick it off, Marlon Hawk, and uh, it's 98 yards to the house. We get out of our lanes here. He gets a couple big blocks, went untouched down the sidelines, and you've scratched and clawed and did everything you could to put yourself in a position to be up a couple scores, and you give it right back, right back. Extra point is good. It's now 26-20 with 7.52 to go, and we're all, right now we're all thinking, we, since the first quarter, we've kind of dominated this ballgame. We're a play away from losing a Southern Miss. That's how it felt. We felt like we'd been in control. Now we weren't. State draft starts at 25. Incomplete to Xavion. Took a shot here. Second and 10, we go to Pittman, who runs off uh, 16 yards right up the middle. We go right back to him. And I don't know if you noticed this. We did a lot of that kind of riding the hot hand. You know, it's like you'd have Xavion catch a pass, then run a jet sweep. Same thing for Tulu. And every time we let guys run it on consecutive carries, we do here. And Jeffrey Pittman has some, has some stuff with him. We'll keep it PG-13. This is a kid who wants to win. You hand it to him off the left side, gets a couple of big blocks. I don't know who the receiver was, but we really sealed the outside there. And Pittman, 59 yards. And that, and that guy's he's out running former SEC DBs of the secondary. Nobody gained ground on him. So 59 yards to the house. Extra point is good, makes it 34 to 20. And so at this point, it kind of felt like any hope that Southern Miss had of mounting a comeback after that kickoff return was negated. So you had to answer, you do, in quick succession. 7.14 to go. Wiles is complete to um, Mims for one yard. Second nine. Bulldog defense kind of pinning their ears back a little bit here too. 
Second nine, uh, Wallace is complete to Gore for four. On third and five, they flag us for P.I. here. I, I didn't like the call. I'm just going to say it for what it is. I, I didn't like the call. Uh, it's just two guys make, trying to make a play. I, I, I didn't like it, and, uh, and I don't appreciate it. But third and five, they get 15 yards, and um, I thought it was a bailout call by the official. And uh, it came from the back judge and not the actual um, – Phil Judge, which is always interesting to me. The guy closest to the play doesn't make the call. And then the guy, you know, 25 yards away flags it. And uh, they get together and they still get it wrong. Nevertheless, first and 10, uh, complete to Gore for seven yards on the left side. Second and three, they go back to Gore for one. And on third and two, give, give it to him again. It's a one-yard game. J.P. Purvis and Jaden Cromedy stack him up there, make it fourth and one. They go back to Gore. He's their guy, right? And he's able to move the chains. First and 10 now. And this is the play you're all going to remember from this game. Billy Wiles apparently never saw Jed Johnson. Because Jed's just out there just kind of sitting out there on his own, just kind of reading his keys, just kind of waiting for things to happen. And Billy Wiles throws him the football. And Jed takes off. And he made, he made comments in postgame that I, I was tired of getting walked down this year. So as he's being tackled, he – eyes Marcus Banks and tips it up to him. And as soon as Banks gets the lateral, Frank Gore is closing. And what a great jump cut by Marcus Banks to make him miss. And then it was nobody between him and the end zone but green grass and glory. And Banks runs it in for the dagger to make it 41-20. to And at this point, we all knew. Not only did we win the game, it was going to be a blowout. But to give Southern Miss some credit, guys, this is a one-score game midway through the fourth quarter. And now all of a sudden, it is a three-touchdown lead for the Bulldogs. And, of course, we uh, convert the uh, two-point conversion earlier to kind of make it a little bit uh, – that was a previous touchdown. I missed it. My apologies. Southern Miss takes over at their own 38 after the uh, after the kickoff. Uh, Kyle Ferry doing the honors there because we weren't going to let somebody uh, – we weren't going to give them an opportunity to run the kickoff back. So Kyle Ferry, the directional kick there. Uh, so the 38-yard line, Wiles is uh, complete to Gore for five. They go back to Latrell Jones for eight to move the chains, makes it first and ten. Uh, pass incomplete out there to Cole Covello. Second ten, State calls timeout here to set the defense. I don't know if it's a situation. We just didn't have a good look there or what. But uh, we do burn the timeout there. Maybe we had too many on the field. Second ten, Kenyon Clay up the middle for four on third and six. Uh, passes complete to Kenyon Clay for five and Decam and JP with a big, big tackle to keep him short of the line of the game. They like to go for it on fourth down. They give it to Clay and Buki and Sean Preston stack him up for a one-yard loss to basically end the ball game. We bring Mike right in uh, to uh, to run it out. The team kneel. So your Bulldogs win the ball game 41 to 20. And again, it feels so good to win. Uh, maybe you've heard. It feels so good to win. Let's take a quick look at some of the, some of the numbers here. State with 18 first downs, the Southern Miss is 10. State ran for 238 yards in the game. Southern Miss just 105. That was one of the things that Will Hall really commented on beginning of the, of the week is that they were leading the Sunbelt Conference and conference games in rushing. They had really gotten the running game going. And, yes, there is a talent differential, but you know, Will Hall is a guy that knows football, right? And to hold them to 105 yards after the, the three weeks that Frank Gore's had, uh, really good effort there. Passing-wise, Will Rogers, uh, 144, and uh, Southern Miss combined for 141. Total offense, 
382 for your Bulldogs. 246 for Southern Miss, and 57 of their 246 came on their first drive. They had just over 100 yards of offense in the first half and right at 140 in the second half. Uh, that's not winning football. Uh, both teams penalized six times. And uh, I don't know that any of them were just backbreakers, but there were a couple of those that obviously put both teams off schedule. Uh, seven punts for Southern Miss, five for Mississippi State. And, and our average is up. We're 41.8. They were 42.1. But uh, good job by our guys uh, giving us a chance. That we needed some improvement, we got a little bit there. Uh, looking inside the individual numbers here, I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed too, State four, and four for four in the red zone. Yeah, we had three sacks, didn't allow any. So good job by your Bulldog offensive line to uh, – to run for 238 and then not allow a sack. Look at the individual numbers here. Uh, Will Rogers, 12 of 27, not his best day by any stretch, but how, what, how good it was to have him back, 144 yards, two touchdowns. And, guys, I'm, I'm going to say something. I know it's going to hurt some people's feelings and maybe you won't like me as much. I don't know. But uh, we have beaten up Will Rogers more than he ever deserved. I, honest to goodness truth. I think you see what's happened after the last month. Some of the things that, that we told you after fall camp, Will Rogers is our best chance to win football games. Is Will a perfect quarterback? Is he a pro prospect? You know, no, no, he's not. But Will Rogers is an excellent college quarterback. And uh, Will makes us go. Will is the best option we have at this point. He's not the athlete Chris Parson is. He's not the runner that Mike Wright is. But at this point, he is the best quarterback to give Mississippi State a chance to win football games. Jeffrey Pittman was your leading rusher. How about that? Ten carries for 98 yards. Of course, DeLong of 59 help. Seth Davis, 11 carries for 49. Woody Marks, 12 carries uh, for 34. And, and what do you get going? Uh, Mike Wright, two for 24. Will Rogers, three for 15. How about that? Uh, receiving, Zavion Thomas, your leading receiver, three receptions for 66 yards, two loop, four for 32, and a touchdown, Freddie Roberson, two for 28, and that big first down uh, to allow us a chance to attempt that field goal just before the half. And then uh, Woody Marks, one of 15 for the score. Defensively, and you expected your linebackers to put up some big numbers because of the fact that uh, you knew Southern Miss wanted to be able to run the football. Uh, Buki Watson with 21 tackles. A sack, a forced fumble. Judd Johnson, 18 tackles. Two of those for loss, a sack, and an interception. Goodness, Judd Johnson might be your SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Goodness. Uh, DeCamryon Richardson had 12 tackles. And, again, there's some plays outside that we've got to make, uh, you know, as a defender in the secondary. you got to come up and run support. Also a couple of pass breakups uh, there for DeCam. Uh, JP with eight. Jaden Cromedy with six. DeCarlos with five. Uh, DeMonte Russell with five, of course, also had the big sack there. Again, uh, Buki, Jet, and uh, DeMonte all credited with sacks. But, uh, you know, nice day for the Bulldog defense. And, uh, again, now we get ready to go play Ole Miss, and we'll talk about them a lot on Wednesday. As you guys know, Wednesday Wednesday will be your preview show for uh, the Mississippi State Ole Miss battle for the Golden Egg. So it'll be here before we know it. So we're going to close the book on Southern Miss – and uh, we'll begin to talk about Ole Miss on a Wednesday show. We'll dedicate the entire show uh, to the Egg Bowl.
All right, time for today's top 10 list is always brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair is a mortgage professional. Blair is the guy that can get things done. Top 1% close ratio in the country, back to back to back years. Yeah, 22 years of experience. Listen, if you're a little, maybe you're a non-conforming borrower. I don't know what your situation is. Maybe you have an atypical property. But you need to have somebody with the know-how that can navigate through every bit of that complication. A guy that can be your advocate with underwriting. That's Blair. It is. Look no further than Blair Chandler for all your mortgage needs. Whether you're looking to buy a home, refinance a home, I don't know your needs, but he can help you with them. Give Blair a call or text today at 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. That's closetoblair.com. And again, you're dealing with a bulldog there. Uh, multiple sport season ticket holder has a place here. I believe in doing business with Bulldogs whenever we can to keep the money in the family. And that's what you'd be doing with Blair Chandler, supporting the Bulldog, but also, too, uh, supporting the Mississippi State economy. You never know where your money ends up when you go outside the family. Again, that's closewithblair.com. All right, it's Egg Ball Week. Time for us to face off with our enemies. So today we're going to do a top ten list based on songs about enemies. And, uh, you know, there's some familiar, familiar names here, but some legendary rap also as part of our rock list. So more of a diverse list, shall we say, when it comes to certain genres. All right, so here we go. Anytime we get a chance to work in Motley Crue, we need to. Going back to the Too Fast for Love album, one of my favorite songs on that album. And I don't know that it gets enough play. You know, Live Wire obviously is the best song on that album, but uh, it didn't take me to the top, of course, uh, Became a hit after the release of The Dirt, Netflix movie on Motley Crue. But it's Public Enemy number one from Motley Crue. That'll be a popular title, of course, on our list today. Number nine, one of my favorite bands of the modern era. Had a chance to meet these guys. Matter of fact, I've got a bucket hat sitting right over here to my right in my office, signed by the entire band at Seven Dust. LJ, as he told me to call him. Name's LeJean Witherspoon. One of the best performers in the modern rock era, without a doubt. Love these guys. Love Morgan, the whole group. And these guys are still out there just absolutely killing it. But we're going back near the beginning. It's the great track, Enemy, from Seven Dust, number nine on your list today. Number eight, another public enemy, number one. Maybe a deeper cut for many of you. Maybe you only know the hits, but this is a great one. One of the best lyricists of our times. It's Eminem's public enemy, number one, number eight. Sticking with the rap theme, uh, our guy Post Malone with the baby, little, uh, the baby collaboration here on Enemies. You know, used to have friends, but I got Enemies. It's a great album. Uh, just about everything Post drops hits for sure. Number six, going more with the pop genre here, it's Enemy from Imagine Dragons. I don't know that we've had Imagine Dragons on the show before. Have we mentioned them before? I don't know that we have. I know they've got a lot of hits. They do. But Imagine Dragons, Enemy Number 6. Sticking with Enemy, one of my favorite songs from this band. Many of you know Bodies. You know, let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. You know that song. Former theme song from ECW. It's Drowning Pool in with Enemy. Absolutely love this track. I never wanted to be your enemy. Right? And that's kind of how I live life, too. I don't really want to be your enemy. But uh, one of the best compliments that I've ever been given in life. A guy that I grew up with. 
uh, gave me this compliment behind my back, so you know it's a genuine compliment. Said another guy, he said, uh, Steve Robertson's the best friend you'll ever want, the worst enemy you'll ever have. There's some truth to that. Absolutely truth. I play for keeps. Number four, our final public enemy, number one, and we would be remiss if we didn't include public enemy on our list. And it is the great track, public enemy number one from public enemy. Love P.E., Love everything about him. Chuck D, I think, uh, is a visionary and a guy that, uh, while he was controversial, was a guy that told the truth. He was a guy that spoke about social issues and got criticized for it. And uh, eventually, society kind of came around to his way of thinking and realizing we were doing some things the wrong way. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Chuck D. He also has gone out with Rage Against the Machine, a band you'll hear a little bit later on his countdown, uh, with... Uh, the guys from Rage Against the Machine and Cypress Hill and Prophets of Rage. Yeah, here we go. That's number four. Number three, one of my favorite bands in the modern era, too. Saw them with Seven Dust. Met these guys, too. First time met them over in Tupelo, Mississippi. That's right. It's uh, the band Shinedown. And I recently had to change my profile picture on Gene's page as part of the 247 Sports Platform. For years and years and years, dating all the way back to Scout, I had the, uh, the single image from the song Junkies for Fame from Shinedown, which uh, dates back to the recording sessions for The Sound of Madness. And I had to change that. People are like, I don't even know who you are anymore. Well, I had to use my picture because CBS wanted to use some of our content. I couldn't have an uh, album cover with blood on it as my profile picture. So we've changed it. But it's the song Enemies off the Amaryllis album. And you may not know this, but uh, on my 40th birthday, I was out in Hollywood, California. And I have the Amaryllis flower tattooed on my arm on uh, on the strip in hollywood yeah I went down to the sunset strip on my 40th birthday and got a shine down tattoo and uh pretty happy to do that pretty cool place to west hollywood tattoo it's a place motley and ozzy and everybody else got their tattoos so it's kind of a tourist souvenir for me but enemies from shine down number three uh number two the song is not called enemies but uh it's known it's kind of mistakenly claimed enemies but the song is energy from drake now let me give you the parents disclaimer here there is some language on this one that is not fit for young minds let's just kind of lay it out there for what it is but um yeah it's one of those songs man that it's uh, become legendary in many respects because i got enemies i bought this one a purse this one a truck yeah and i love that line too about uh you know there's all these people i gotta act like i like but my acting days are over and you know the rest that's one of those things. I listen to that song sometimes too, and that's exactly how I feel. You know, sometimes I gotta, you know, keep the peace. You know, I'm a real one. I am, but uh, I'll live in peace if you let me. But if you want to go to war, we can do that too. Number one, you want to go to war, you got to know who your enemy is. So number one on our list of songs about enemies, it's "Know Your Enemy" from Rage Against the Machine. Going back to that debut album, that is an absolutely iconic album for my generation. Rage Against Machine, one of my favorite bands of all time. And I don't always agree with them politically. I'm just going to lay it out there. But, but here's the thing I've learned about politics, right? There are some people that just kind of divide along partisan lines, and then whatever their candidates say, they go along with, whether it makes sense to them or not. I'm not that guy, right? I have my own feelings about political issues that don't always align with uh, you know, the particular political party I may vote with. I'm, I'm really more of a moderate. My kids would tell you I'm not, but I am. I'm really more of a moderate 
Uh, you know, there used to be a time that um, I thought anything goes, just whatever. You know, I'm a live and let live person, but um, life is too important. And there are some people that get empowered that uh, will do some things that are adverse to the rest of our quality of life. Uh, but Know Your Enemy, an amazing track. I love it from the opening riff all the way to the end. And I love that part when Zach is screaming, all of which are American dreams. All of which are American dreams. Love it, man. Love Rage Against the Machine. Uh, and here's the deal, too. We'll, we'll come back on Wednesday. We'll have a special top 10 dedicated uh, to Ole Miss. So, no, we're not going to have, like, the Pet Shop Boys and people like that on there. No, it's not going to be that kind of list. You know, it'll be songs that uh, we dedicate to our rivals. That was one of our most popular lists last year. You may not know that because I'm sure a bunch of Ole Miss people went and, and downloaded it because, you know, as well as I do. I mean, there's only so much of that, like – you can only listen to so much uh, really, really bad independent music, right? I mean, it's just true. And it's like, oh, I love this guy, and he sold a thousand records. He's great. I wish he had a bigger following. You know, there's so much of that. You know, there's a reason those guys aren't selling records, and it's not because well, they refuse to sell out. No, they'd love to sell out. Trust me, everybody in the music industry would love to sell out and make more money and have better equipment and have a better life for themselves. And uh, well, they just have such artistic integrity. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, they just don't have good management. Slim. But there you go. So we'll come back Wednesday with a special edition of the Top 10 list. Look forward to doing that for you. Quick turnaround for the Bulldogs for sure. Quick turnaround for you and me as we prepare to take on the Ole Miss Rebels uh, on Thursday. We'll preview the Rebel football team on Wednesday. And I'll tell you this, and this is the reality of the whole thing. I don't care how big a Bulldog fan you are. This Ole Miss team is a good football team. They are playing really good football. Now, you know, they were a little bit lackadaisical on Saturday against UL Monroe. And uh, really impressed with Jackson Darf playing in that game. I'll just tell you the truth. I, I, out of the Ole Miss fan base, I may be one of the bigger Jackson Dart fans. I think this kid's really good. I really, really do. Uh, we talked about his ball handling there are not a lot of people that can carry out a play-action fake the way that Jackson Dart can. He is extremely polished. Is he the best passer? No, but he is a very good passer. But that guy's a competitor. Now, how many people do you know? Just tell the truth. Be honest with yourselves. He took that big hit against Georgia when the game was already decided and uh, laid there on that field. It was rough. And if he had decided, you know what, Coach, I can't go this week against Louisiana Monroe. I just want to save my health and get good for the Egg Bowl. I think everybody would have said, you know, I get it. I understand it. But instead, he goes back out there and plays. And listen, Lane Kiffin said last week that he could have returned to the game. I didn't believe it, to be honest with you. But uh, he comes out a little bit rusty. And his offensive uh, line and his receivers let him down a little bit early in that ball game. But, uh, you know, we'll get to that a little bit later. But I got a lot of respect for that kid. I do. I really do. And uh, I don't know what he's going to do next. Does he go pro? Does he come back? I don't know what kind of pro prospect he is. But I know that guy's a really good college quarterback. And, uh, we're going to have our hands full with him. We're going to have to get him on the ground. We really got in his face last year and forced some errant throws. We're going to have to do that again this year. But, again, full preview of the Ole Miss uh, team on Wednesday as we get ready to prepare for the battle for the Golden Egg. All right, next segment of the show brought to you by Campus Bookmart. Camp- Campus Bookmart is a Starkvilligan institution. I mentioned they'll be uh, carrying my new book. And uh, they have, they'll have all six books. I've written six books now, which uh, I have to remind myself of from time to time. Six, there was a time in my life that I thought I was going to lay on my deathbed never having written a book and not fulfilled my dentist destiny in life. But here we are. Now, six books later, and we're already beginning to plan for book number seven. So uh, I don't know what you've done with your life. And uh, I'm probably a big fan of you 
right? Whether you've done some, some, some substantial things or not. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited about it and I appreciate Campus Bookmart's support. They have done a tremendous job. Uh, if you're going to hear me speak tomorrow night, the Starwell Touchdown Club will have books available there too. But you'll soon be able to order them online from Campus Bookmart as you complete your Christmas shopping uh, of your Mississippi State merch. Go to campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which will get you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. The best selection of Mississippi State merchandise anywhere. And uh, I have not had many people, many vendors, be better friends to Steve Roberts than the Campus Bookmart. So by supporting them, you're supporting me. And by supporting me, you're supporting them. We are interlocked in that respect. And I feel like those people are family to me. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. All right, busy weekend in the Southeastern Conference. Let's go back and kind of look and see how the whole thing broke down. Uh, you guys are well aware of Mississippi State. You know, 41-20 winners. And again, it feels so good to win. No matter the circumstances, and you know, if we'd walked out of there with a 26-20 win, we'd have felt somewhat unfulfilled. Well, we didn't. We took care of business. We got things done. And all that matters in the end is what the final score says. 41-20. All right, a lot of blowouts in the weekend. A couple surprises, too. No surprise in Tuscaloosa is Alabama absolutely destroyed UT Chattanooga 66-10. You didn't expect anything less. I mean, right, Alabama's trending towards some big things. They've clinched the West. Now it gets ready for the Iron Bowl. That's one good thing about us playing the rivalry game on Thursday night. We get to enjoy rivalry weekend, too. We can sit at home, uh, watch uh, watch ball games. Yeah. All right, uh, Ole Miss, I mentioned them, 35-3 winners. Guys, this was, this was a mess for a while. It really was. Uh, really, really, really rough early. But they got to go in there in the second half. But you look up at half, and it's 7-3, Ole Miss. Now, I didn't think UL Monroe was going to be able to score, but I, I didn't expect that. And then Ole Miss really takes control there in that third quarter. 21 points in the quarter and then kind of coast to a 35-3 win. But, uh, yeah, big, big, big third quarter for Jackson Dart. Really got things going. And that's, again, give these guys some credit. Uh, Ole Miss has played well this year. And uh, give Lane Kiffin some credit. Uh, there were a lot of people that said, including – and I, I, I kind of adopted this belief too. You know, when Jeff Levy left from Oklahoma, I thought, well, this Ole Miss offense will struggle. It hasn't. And I think Lane Kiffin has really legitimized himself as one of the best offensive play callers in the country. Now, you're not going to learn a lot about Ole Miss against Louisiana Monroe at 2-9, and 0-7. Oh but, uh, again, my respect for Jackson Dart for even playing in that ballgame. Uh, we discussed Mississippi State, so they're missed. A&M, 38-10 winners over Abilene Christian. I don't remember what the spread was in that game. But uh, the A&M situation is interesting. You know, they're still out there doing what they can. But uh, – you know, they'll go to a bowl game with, uh, you know, kind of a thrown-together staff. But uh, 38 to 10 winners uh, for the Aggies. Uh, Georgia rolls into Knoxville and just kind of says, hey, if you were thinking that we've fallen off, we haven't. Somebody cue the Drake. 38 to 10 over Tennessee. And there were a lot – listen, there were a ton of Tennessee fans there. They packed it out. And uh, Josh Heupel's done a great job there at Knoxville. And a lot of people pan that higher, but he has proven to be a really good coach. And uh, just not on the level of Georgia. They just don't have the dudes. They just don't. That Georgia defense is legit. They shut down Ole Miss last week, shut down Tennessee this week. Going to be interesting to see what Georgia and Alabama look like here in, a, in about 10 days. Well, I guess more, more like 12. But either way, you, you understand my point. 
New Mexico State, the Fighting Jerry Kills from Las Cruces, New Mexico, roll into the plains of Auburn and leave no doubt. There was nothing fluky about this game. New Mexico State just simply beat Auburn in every facet of the game. Never saw that coming. I thought, hey, you look up and say New Mexico State's 8-2 coming in. Those guys are used to winning. So clearly they have some juice. Never thought they'd have the dudes. And, man, they ran the football. It was, it was really incredible to see. Absolutely incredible. Now New Mexico State, 9-3 and three and 6-1 and one in Coosa. Auburn drops to 6-5. and five. They'll play Alabama this weekend. But you go back and look at this thing, man. So New Mexico State goes up 7-0. Auburn ties it. Then it's 10-7. Then it's 17-7 in the third quarter. Like it's 10-7 at the break, and then you look up. It's 17-7 headed to the fourth quarter. Auburn's down two scores at home. You think, okay, sure, Auburn will figure it out. No, 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 no. New Mexico State goes right down the field and makes it a 24-7 game. Go right down and score. It's now a three-score game halfway through the third quarter. Fourth quarter, excuse me. This game is over. Alex McPherson converts on a field goal to make it a two-score game. And then what do you know? New Mexico State answers with a dagger. Touchdown. Uh, McKaylin Young, big game for him. Uh, makes it 31-10. Peyton Thorne was 15 of 19 in the game. So it's not like uh, no picks. It's not like they went out there and just stunk the place up. New Mexico State just beat them. They just did. It just beat them. And they ran back committee, had a bunch of guys carry the football. Uh, you know, hats off to those guys. And immediately, as soon as somebody says that, hey, Steve, what about Jerry Kill? No, 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 no. Jerry Kill uh, doing a good job out there. Of course, uh, former Minnesota coach, had some health problems, stepped away for a while. Now he's back. But uh, one of the biggest wins in New Mexico State history. And it's amazing, too. There's a lot of those schools out there that uh, they have an SEC win. And you'd be surprised how many of them are all against Auburn. It's nuts. Florida made it a game against Missouri. And, uh, again, what can we say about the Tigers? Best story in the Southeastern Conference this year. The Tigers are now 9-2 and two with a road date to Arkansas coming up. Florida now 5-6. and six. And we talked about Florida may lose out. Well, now with Jordan Travis's uh, broken foot, very eerily reminiscent of the Nick Fitzgerald injury in the 2017 Egg Bowl. That kid's done, and you hate it. And now Florida State's got to play with a backup quarterback and try to find a way to beat a Florida team that's hungry for a win. It's going to be tough, man. That, that game all of a sudden has got a lot of intrigue. Now, the thing about it is, if you're Scott Strickland, can you make a decision based off the outcome of a rivalry game? I don't know if you can. In the past, we've done that in our history. But when you look at the trajectory of the Florida program, can you say it's good? I don't think you can. I thought Billy was going to be okay there, and I'm beginning to wonder if he can recruit at the level required to compete at the University of Florida. Florida has absolutely no juice, man, none whatsoever. But give them credit. They went out and played hard in that ballgame against Missouri on the road and made it an interesting game. And it's 13-7 to at the break, and then Florida – you know, puts up 14 there in the third quarter, and you think, oh, okay, all right, cool. It's 23-21 to 21 going to the fourth. Both teams score 10 points, and that's your ballgame. So a uh, big win, big win for the Tigers. I, I was wrong about those guys, and I wasn't alone, but my goodness, I, I don't think anybody saw this coming. Maybe not even the best uh, Missouri fan of all time. 
A lot of discussion over the last week about Sam Pittman's job security. Uh, I was told when we played him he needed a winning season to stay. That does not prove to be the case. I was told late last week that he was safe, provided they didn't come out flat against FIU. They did for a while, but got it going. And uh, K.J. Jefferson, big day for him. 44-20 win for the Razorbacks. And then Arkansas facility – excuse me, Arkansas administrators – announced to the team on Saturday that Sam Pittman is back for another year. Uh, much to the chagrin of Razorback fans, there are people threatening to pull their support. And you feel like Sam Pittman may be kind of a lame duck walking or a lame duck coaching next year. How many kids get in the portal? Uh, you know, that was the big thing last year is, hey, we needed to flip the roster and he brought these guys in. You still don't win. Uh, now understand, let's just find a way to beat Missouri. That's going to be tough. It is. It's going to be tough. The Fighting Shane Beamers. Our friend Shane Beamer, big, big win for them to keep their bowl hopes alive. But also, too, listen, did you watch this game? I I am jealous. I'm I'm going to just say it for what it is. This South Carolina team might get bowl eligible, but they have not had a big year. Did you see that atmosphere in Williams-Brice Stadium before the game? They played Sandstorm, and everybody had the towels, and they're guys, incredible. And then you're in a situation, too, like on special teams, Kentucky has to call a timeout because they don't like the look on a punt on the first drive. you kidding me? And to see Beamer run out there, jumping up and down, pumping his fist, you know, you're happy for Shane. South Carolina, 17-14 winners over Kentucky. And, yes, we called it. But we're not going to sit here and get gaudy about that because we called Auburn to beat New, like New Mexico State. Uh, we didn't call that upset. But uh, I don't know many that did. But, uh, you know, Kentucky now 6-5 and five and 3-5 and five in a Southeastern Conference. Uh, maybe, maybe you're aware of that. Maybe you weren't. I don't know if you know this, too. South Carolina right now is 5-6, and six, also 3-5 and five in a Southeastern Conference. They would hold the tiebreaker over Kentucky – if they end in a six and six deal, and uh, you know, could ultimately go to a better bowl game, but you know, six and six, you know, the bowl locales are not great. Uh, LSU fifty six fourteen winners over Georgia State. Now, what's interesting? Did you see the numbers that Jaden Daniels put up? I mean, honestly, did you did you see it? It's ridiculous, man, ridiculous. Jaden Daniels throws for four hundred and thirteen yards. And then runs for 96, accounts for eight touchdowns. It's nuts, man. And uh, they get Texas A&M this weekend. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a Heisman voter. And so we won't reveal the ballot, how I voted until after the uh, presentation. But uh, certainly Jaden Daniels making a big case. And uh, now is considered the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. Taking a quick peek at uh, this week's schedule before we move on. We'll talk a little coaching stuff before we get out of here. Not a lot, though. We'll talk some. Um, of course, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Uh, that's your Thursday night game on ESPN. The Friday game, and Arkansas has been there for a while. It used to be Arkansas LSU. So Missouri is at Arkansas. That's your Friday afternoon game. It'll be a 3 p.m. kick here in Central Time Zone. You get into Saturday, it's Kentucky at Louisville. Texas A&M is at LSU. Alabama, of course, and Auburn in the Iron Bowl. That's your 2.30 CBS game. Vanderbilt is at Tennessee. That'll run opposite 
That's a game nobody's going to care about other than Tennessee fans. And then in primetime, some really good games. Should be some really good games. Florida State and Florida. And again, Florida State was cruising towards a playoff. And now you lose your quarterback for the year. It's terrible. Florida fighting for bowl eligibility. It'll be a spirited contest. Georgia and Georgia Tech. That's a, that should be a laugher. Uh, Georgia Tech has lost 11 last 13 against Georgia. Uh, Clemson and South Carolina at Williams-Brice. You know the place will be hopping. And you look at this Clemson team, too. You remember earlier this year, you had the kid from Spartanburg that called into the show. I think the whole thing was a setup, to be honest with you. But uh, Davis Swinney goes off, right? Talks about how they've had a tough year. They're 7-4. and four. And so this is not the, the, the Clemson we've had. However, Clemson's won three in a row. And guys, a couple of those games that were top 20 opponents. They beat Notre Dame, they beat Georgia Tech, they beat North Carolina, and a lot of it, too, comes after this uh, conversation on the phone with Jacob from Spartanburg or whatever. Well, Jacob might need to call in this week, too. It's going to be a difficult undertaking going to uh, Columbia in front of that crowd. So that could be an interesting ball game too. Probably a game that uh, you'll want to watch. All right, that uh, wraps up our preview. Our, our final segment of the show uh, brought to you by Stark Vegas Clubhouse. Google Stark Vegas Clubhouse and book through the Evolve website. And by using that website, we'll give you a promo code. It's only available there. BSR10 to get you 10% off your stay. If you're bringing a big group to Starkville, wouldn't it be great to have everybody under one roof? You know, if you're like us, we're empty nesters now. You know, we have four children. We have two grandchildren. I'd love to be able to spend as much time as possible with my family. Because, you know, after dinner, everybody kind of wants to retreat. You know, maybe mom's tired. Maybe the kids are tired. But, you know, maybe maybe the sons want to get around and watch a little football. Maybe all everybody wants to get on and have a cold beverage together. Rather than have to go congregate in some hotel lounge or whatever and you can't really have any privacy and you can't get the games on what you want why not just rent this big house former clubhouse of the country club it's been completely renovated two wet bars a great kitchen area got the big fire pit outside there's just so much to this there's a lot of reasons to say yes one of the most important reasons is financially it's just more efficient and more affordable to rent this big house and everybody have their own quarters and you can congregate together. You've got a kitchen and a refrigerator. You can go buy some groceries for your weekend stay or your week stay. And if you're looking to, to come to Starkville and work in the Golden Triangle, this would be a great hub for you and your staff. Uh, check them out today. Again, that's Google the Stark Vegas Clubhouse and book through the Evolve website, promo code BSR10. I talked to a few people about the search over the weekend. I tried to kind of take Saturday off, and then, you know, people approach you, you know, being on campus, and the very first question everybody says, Steve, who are we going to hire? Well, I wish I knew so I could tell you. Uh, But I will tell you this. I think, I think, so don't tweet me later if I'm wrong. I think that you won't see a decision prior to the Egg Bowl, at least publicly. We may come to terms with somebody, may have a kind of a uh, gentleman's agreement, until the Egg Bowl, I think we respect the team and we respect Greg Knox, and I don't think we want to steal the thunder. You know, we, want, we don't want to distract our kids. So I don't think you see anything happen between now and Thursday. Not that the wheels aren't in motion. I just don't think you see any announcements. Uh, but I think we may start getting some leaks this weekend as uh, this thing begins to wind down. I don't think it's going to go 
too terribly much longer. I, I think within the ne- – I, I would say it's got to be done before the SEC championship game. I had some people tell me we'd like to have it done like a week from the day. We'd like to maybe have a press conference Monday or two. We'd like that. Now, again, I'm not getting that direct from Zach Selman, but just some people, let's just say, close to Zach Selman. We'd like to have a decision made this week with announcement next week. Uh, we're still working through the candidates. Uh, of course, Jamie Chadwell, there's a lot of smoke about him. Uh, my initial conversations about Jamie Chadwell is he wasn't overly interested. You know, he was interested but didn't want to do anything until after the regular season. Chadwell is a guy that's uh, going to be wrapping up what should be an undefeated season this weekend. And then, of course, there's the, the championship game, right, that's got to go into the next weekend. Uh, do you not go on a guy like that for timing? I think no. I think you figure it out. I think Jamie Chadwell has uh, a very, very innovative offense. I think uh, I think it meshes well with our recruiting footprint. I've heard a lot of smoke about this, but most of the people tell me they think we're going to hire somebody else. Now, i got some other people out there that says, hey, I, I hear some people are kind of stepping up in the Mississippi State side of things you know, about this buyout, and there's, there's so many things out there, so many rumors about what the buyout truly is. I've heard five different amounts. This you guys know. Uh, I, there was a report that came out today that said the buyout was $4 million. I'm told that's incorrect. I'm told that's absolutely incorrect. I don't know a lot of contracts out there that uh, it's a one-year salary is the buyout. But, again, I don't know how these deals are structured. And they're a private school, so that information is not made public. Uh, of course, a lot of talk about John Somerall from Troy. Uh, he's a guy that's had really, a couple of really good years there. He's a Kentucky guy. It doesn't appear that Kentucky's going to come open. And really the only chance of Kentucky coming and open it was if Mark Stoops had a chance to go somewhere else. And he's, he's had him several times, but I'm told he and his wife both love Lexington, and really the only job he'd probably leave for would be Iowa. And it doesn't appear that Kirk Ferentz is going to retire. There was some discussion a couple weeks ago uh, that he's really unhappy about how things worked out with the offensive coordinator situation with his son and all that. So there was some murmuring about that that he may retire. Uh, doesn't appear to be the case at this point, but uh, you never know. A lot, a lot, there'll be a lot of movement after the weekend. The regular season ends this weekend, and we'll start to begin to hear some things. Um, yeah, but that's part of it. Willie Fretz, of course, is a name. It's a very popular name that gets mentioned a lot. A lot of people have mentioned him as a candidate for this job. I believe he is a candidate for this job. Would we hire him? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but one of the things that I hear is that uh, you know Zach Selman, of course, uh, First-year AD, very ambitious. A lot of people expect at some point for him to go back to Oklahoma. Well, in order to do that, he's got to do a, good, a great job here. And a big part of that, of course, is the hiring process. And so the, the thing you go back to is you begin to think, and again, I, I'm approaching this from my own opinion. I don't think Zach Selman is going to take a chance with anybody. I think he is going to make a good hire that will also be considered a safe hire, if that makes sense to you. I don't think you go out there and just go get the up-and-comer. Jimmy Chadwell, of course, is a guy that was the head coach at Coastal Carolina, did some big things there, doing some big things at Liberty. He fits the bill, right? Uh, John Summerall, just two years of work there. Willie Fretz has been a coach for a long time. It's been kind of up and down, tough place to win, Tulane. Let's just call it for what it is. And I've read some people say, well, you know, he didn't uh, you know, he didn't win until he got, you know, an NFL quarterback and running back. Well, he also recruited and developed those guys too. 
You know, so we can't just say, well, you know, they got lucky. It's not like a Gene Chizik situation uh, where Cam Newton just showed up, right? Cam Newton was a bona fide superstar. So I, I see the Willie Fritz situation much different. Then, of course, there's the talk about Barry Odom. I can tell you without any hesitation that Barry Odom is pursuing this job, not just pursuing a raise. There are some other names out there that I've, I've heard multiple people say, hey, this is a leverage deal, right? They really don't want to make a move. They're just trying to kind of improve their own situation. I'm told that's not the case with Odom. And Odom was the guy that got elevated to be a head coach at Missouri when uh, when Pinkle got sick, probably before he was ready. He was never a train wreck at Missouri. They just could never kind of get things going offensively. They've done so under Eli Drinkwitz. But he's found his, uh, his coordinator now from Texas that's done a great job at UNLV. And, of course, there's J.G. Kenny sitting out there. A lot of risk-reward with him, though, right? And that's the guy right there. I mean, you're basically kind of you know, throwing up a three-pointer, right? There could be a layup out there, but you're taking a shot with him, not even from the top of the key, maybe over there on the, you know, from the baseline or whatever. You're dialing it up uh, because this could be a guy that could do some big things. Now, the, the fear with him is he's only been a head coach for two years and it's been at two different locations and he got over 50 transfers this year. Uh, is that sustainable? You know, it's kind of like Lane Kiffin in many respects on steroids. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's probably behind some guys, but uh, we could do a lot worse than J.G. Kenny. I know offensively they're going to be good. They took it on the chin over the weekend against Arkansas State. Uh, but hopefully by Wednesday we'll, things will be, maybe begin to kind of clear up a little bit. But I don't – again, I don't think – I don't think – I'm not going to tell you that I know. I don't think you see us really do anything between now and the Egg Bowl. I think we want to respect the week. We want to respect the players. We want to respect the coaches. Um and so let's focus on football. And then I think once the benefit of having a Thursday game is we got the weekend to kind of figure it out. And you got to understand, too, anybody that's playing a game on Saturday is not going to want their name out there officially and even some, you know, kind of quasi officially while they're still playing. Everybody gets talked about. There's always speculation from people like me and other people in the media. But as far as like any official reports, you got to know. That let's like say for an example, if we've come to terms with a coach, he's got a game on Saturday. We're going to respect that coach. That's important to understand. But uh, you know, we're doing our best uh, to cover it. And of course, it's a first-year AD, and sometimes you don't know who to trust. You know, so you make as many phone calls as you can. The thing that I've learned about doing this for so many years is, if you call enough people, you can hear whatever you want. It's all about the questions you ask, right? And uh, one, the question I always say is, what are you hearing about this candidate? I never say, hey, we're here. I never volunteer what I'm hearing. I want to know what they say. I don't want to, you know, taint the water. So uh, we're working through it. And, um, you know, I think we're providing good coverage on it. You know, and ultimately we want to be able to, to say that, hey, we were able to identify a candidate uh, before the announcement. We'd love to be able to announce the hire, but that's not typically how it works. So, you know, we're, we're mining the, the, the sources and trying to get as much information as we can. Again, 60% off. The annual subscription to jeanspage.com. And in addition to that, to the best coverage of Mississippi State sports anywhere, you also get free access to the Paramount Plus platform. That's a cool thing there. You can watch uh, Yellowstone whenever you want. How cool is that? All those great movies. Just dial it all up. And just, it's all part of your subscription. Yeah, that's right. So you can you know peruse our fine content and message boards and you get ready to settle down in the evening and uh, watch some quality programming at Paramount Plus as part of your Jeans Page 247 uh, subscription. Uh, real quick, too, uh, I, everywhere I go, 
people are always asking me about uh, the new business that we're opening. Uh, so that's should be on pace to be open next month. Uh, we hope to be middle of the month. We'd like to be in there before Christmas, but uh, you know you got to wait on the pods and things like that. But uh, but nevertheless, if you are intrigued by that, and many of you you are, go to TrueRest.com, and uh, I would encourage you maybe download the app because by the end of the day today, you're going to be able to buy gift cards. Yeah, it's going to be a Black Friday special. They're going to run it all week, and you're going to be able to buy a gift card to come float at True Rest Starkville. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be a BOGO situation. I suspect it may be. But if you're thinking about giving the gift of floating, maybe you've got somebody on your Christmas list that has expressed some interest, or maybe yourself, uh, that might be a nice little stocking stuff for a little. That's not the big gift. Okay, as great as the experience is, don't just go buy that. But uh, if you've thought about it, again, download the True Rest app today, and you should be able to buy. Uh, gift cards to True Rest Starkville by the end of the day. And I'll update you guys on Wednesday, and we'll share it on socials as we get it. Uh, but thank you guys so much for your interest. We're extremely excited. Uh, build-out's going well. We work with the local company, Tabor Construction, and Will's been absolutely fantastic. Couldn't have asked for anything more. So uh, be sure and come check that out. Again, back on Wednesday, I'm going to get ready to leave here. Going to get uh, head over to campus, and we'll have uh, – Greg Knox's press conference today will also uh, have some players at some point. Not sure the exact schedule, but we'll have some players uh, probably today, I would suspect. But I don't know for sure. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get that content out for you again over Gene's page. And our, our team content is free. So even if you're not a member of Gene's page, you should be. But even if you're not, you can read our team con- content for free. And uh, we certainly appreciate you doing that. Hey, we're Mississippi State people through and through. Uh, all the leadership, of course, um, you know, we've been doing this a long time. I've been covering Mississippi State since 1997. Uh, and I love the Bulldogs, love our fans, uh, love our subscribers. But uh, let's all pull together. Whether, you, you, whether you've got disagreements with me or anybody else about the direction of Mississippi State sports, this week we need to pull together. We did a good job last week. I want to commend the crowd that came out. You guys were into it. Uh, but we need everybody this week. This is a big one. This is the arm. This is the egg bowl, right? Uh, so we need all the Bulldogs pulled in the same direction. We all know that we're going to have a new coach. There's no excuse not to support the team. Uh, and if you can, we encourage you to come out and enjoy Thanksgiving dinner with us at Davis Wade Stadium as we host the Ole Miss Rebels. I believe what is the 118th renewal of the Magnolia State rivalry. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that on Wednesday. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. <laughs>